0: For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand.
1: Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just 9 dollars each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, And more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
0: Welcome to ABG Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet.
2: And I'm Mel.
1: This episode contains sensitive content relating to abortion and gun violence. Additionally, in this episode, we reference topics around abortion as a women's rights issue because we are speaking from our personal perspectives. However, we want to recognize that the issue of abortion rights can affect all people who could get pregnant. That includes those who identify as trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming.
0: Hello, ABGs and ABBs! For today's episode, we are going to be spotlighting a recent legal change here in the United States, one that affects the realities of many girls and women. You've all heard about it by now, and this was a topic that we were not going to let slip by. It is the Supreme Court's overturn of Roe v. Wade. What was Roe v. Wade? Why are people talking about a post-Roe America? What does that mean and look like today? These are some of the questions we'll explore and learn more about together today.
1: Yes, the three of us, as I'm sure similar to a lot of our listeners, were born at a time when a woman's right over her own body and to choose an abortion was not a matter of legality and only a matter of debate. In a way, we took that right to choose for granted because we didn't really consider what it would be like for that agency to be stripped away. But now for girls and women in more than half of the country, that agency either no longer exists
2: or is about to be revoked. Our hearts have been heavy these past two weeks with grief, rage, anxiety, and fear. We felt it important to learn more about and share the consequences of this overturn and in sharing hopefully inspire action or at the very least, a greater understanding that abortion too is healthcare.
0: So first things first, what was Roe versus Wade? Who were they? Who are these people? here's a quick and short history lesson for y'all. So back in 1973, there was a woman by the name of Jane Roe. She was unmarried and she wanted to safely and legally end her pregnancy. So she brought her matter to the court because back then nearly all the states had outlawed abortion except to save a woman's life or for limited reasons such as preserving the woman's health or instances of rape, incest, or fetal anomaly. So she took it to the courts, and on January 22nd, 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court announced its decision in Roe versus Wade, challenging a Texas statute that made it a crime to perform an abortion unless a woman's life was at stake. And the court sided with Roe, with Jane Roe, and they struck down that Texas law. So in its ruling, the court recognized for the first time that the constitutional right to privacy is broad enough to encompass a woman's decision whether or not to terminate her pregnancy. Roe has become known as the case that legalized abortion nationwide, making abortion services vastly safer and more accessible to women throughout the country.
2: Helen, I thought it was really interesting that it mentioned right to privacy. I'm like, yeah, this is a right to privacy. But, you know, since context is good to know, I think it's valuable to note that Roe versus Wade's outcome reflected nationwide effort and interest that gained momentum in the 1960s to reform the criminal abortion laws in effect in nearly every state. Laws that dated back to the mid-1800s. That is so long ago. That's like a different century. By 1973, four states, Alaska, Hawaii, New York, and Washington, repealed their abortion bans while 13 others enacted limiter reforms.
1: And that was kind of the state of everything for about 50 years. For 50 years, and during that time is when many of us were born, we were brought up in a world where women had the right to that privacy over their body. But... Fast forward to present day. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court voted to take away the constitutional right to abortion with their decision in the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. The overturn of Roe versus Wade means that abortion is now no longer decriminalized nationwide. What that means is the legality of an abortion is now going to be t- determined by each state individually. And the right to abortion is no longer protected on a federal or nation level, but will defer to state by state. So if you live in a fairly liberal state like California, New York, etc., more likely than not, your rights will remain um, either The same or pretty similar. The challenge will be, however, and in some cases has already begun in states where there are large conservative leaning lawmakers. And unfortunately, that is a lot of America. According to a Business Insider article, eight states have already outright banned abortion, with the exception for cases where the patient's physical health is threatened. So in eight states, we're reverting back to the state of the nation that Helen had described uh, way back when. Now I want to talk about trigger laws. I'm sure a lot of us have seen this this term thrown all around in in all the headlines. But what exactly is a trigger law? So a trigger law is a law that is not enforceable when it is passed, but may become enforceable if a key factor changes in the future. Which sounds kind of strange. (laughs) Like, why would such a thing exist um it seems kind of pointless right but um these trigger laws were enacted way back when because they were largely symbolic it was a way for a state to give people a right while still holding on the ability to say but you know if if certain things happen we can take that back so you kind of placate both sides Um, in the case of abortion trigger laws essentially banned the access to abortion so when roe versus wade was still in place which was, you know, before June 24th, 2022, the trigger laws could not be enforced, but they were always on the books and considered operative immediately if the court ever removed protection of Roe. So when Roe was removed, the trigger laws that ban access to abortion are immediately
2: at play. So in, is that not clear? I see confused faces. I, no, no, no I, I think I, no, I appreciate you going over this, Jane. I, I still am trying to process what trigger laws are. I think like many of the listeners... Hopefully you guys are like me. You're trying to just to understand all these like, there's different like my like these different details that play into the whole situation. So yeah, go ahead. Continue. I think
1: what makes it confusing is that it's a it's kind of like a double negative. So Roe mm. versus Wade, like the existing default state is that abortions are illegal or wrong, right? So Roe versus Wade means that it's making abortion crime. not a crime. So it's all it's already a negative, right? And then a trigger law is saying, okay, well, in the event that Roe versus Wade is ever overturned, then it will be illegal. So it kind of reverts back to the original. Mm -hmm. So the moment the court revoked Roe versus Wade and said, nope, you no longer have protection against abortions, the trigger laws become effective again, which is just the original Mm -hmm. default state, which is always that. Uh, Abortion was illegal. Yeah. That makes sense. And and trigger laws are not everywhere. It's only in certain states, but it's in a lot of them. Uh, Louisiana, Kentucky, and Utah all have trigger laws that ban abortion that became immediately operative. Um, But there is kind of a nice bright light that judges have temporarily blocked those abortion bans and allowing patients to receive care for the moment. Once the protection of abortion was removed, the trigger law started immediately, but we see that there is activity politically in these states where. Um, Judges and different lawmakers are trying to kind of come up with exceptions and six more states. So on top of those three that I just listed also have trigger laws that have still yet to come into effect with the ban of abortion. But we know that they're there. Right. Um, And then of the 43 other states and the District of Columbia that have not banned abortions, 36 restrict abortion at a certain point in the pregnancy in some way, which is either defined in terms of weeks post-fertilization or weeks from the patient's last menstrual period, according to Mm. Business Insider. So what this means is that in 36 states, things are getting gray now. And the tricky part now is that um, the timeline for people finding out when they're pregnant really varies, right? And so many times they won't find out until after six weeks, which is the least amount of time some states allow for termination of pregnancy. And as another um, example, I don't know if any of you have friends in Texas or our listeners who are in Texas, but currently doctors who perform illegal abortions can face life in prison or fine up to $100,000. And similar threats of lengthy jail terms are also looming over healthcare professionals to who provide abortions in states, including Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. So currently, the abortion bans enacted by several of these states specify that only the doctors who perform them will face penalties, but there's a Mm. lot of question now as to whether mothers themselves could potentially face punishment for an abortion, according to Newsweek. So as you can see, it's kind of complicated now that we've taken it from a national level, and now it's going to differ state by state, and
0: a lot of our states in America are facing this gray area right now. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, Thank you for that summary, Jay. I think that was really helpful for anyone out there who just needed a summary of everything that is happening right now. And honestly, just hearing that part where, you know, you said that six weeks, it, it is such a short period of time. I think as someone who was recently pregnant and went through the first six weeks of pregnancy, it just... How is that possible that some people would even know if they were pregnant or not at six weeks? My husband and I, we were personally trying to conceive and I had period trackers that I tracked for three plus years before then so that I could understand my ovulation cycle and the likelihood of a potential pregnancy if I had missed my period. And even with all that information, the time I took a pregnancy test to confirm positive from the time of conception was still three to four weeks. And that is all with very intentional tracking and monitoring. There's literally no way to feel if you have an embryo growing in your stomach at six weeks. And also, a lot of people have irregular periods based on if they're taking a new medication or you know exercising too much or having a having a low or high body weight or not eating enough calories hormone imbalances can cause irregular periods and there are just so many things that can mm. cause an irregular period some people also only have four periods a year especially if you're just starting to get your period if you're super young mm. right all that to say periods and missing a period is usually the only indicator for whether or not you are potentially pregnant unless you just happen to take a pregnancy test every month which i don't think is happening very often for a lot of people but I just find it near impossible to know by week six. And if you as a woman decide that you don't want to keep that baby for whatever personal reason it is to you, and you have to make that emotionally taxing decision, which I'm sure is wrought with pain and anxiety to make that decision to abort a child within that six-week time frame, that doesn't seem doable and that doesn't seem fair for lack of a better word it just it still boggles my mind that that is just a time frame that was that is put out there for the time period of when you know you can abort and sure it 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 differs state by state but i remember first hearing about the six weeks i was like that's just so impossible yeah Mm -hmm. how have you ladies been taking this news on a more personal level too we can start with you jay how did you feel when you found out about the overturn
1: I will be honest and say that um, I've been following the news, but I think, like many people, after two and a half years or how long it's been now, it's I'm not as shocked and I'm not as like engaged as I was maybe a couple of years. I'm, I'm I'm hitting a bit of burnout, you know, and I think a lot of people are, and so. Um, though I had heard and read about how the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a possibility and a big likelihood at the time that Trump appointed the new Supreme Court justices, this was a couple of you know, months ago, um, it was still a very abstract concept to me. And so when it actually happened, it, when it was hitting headlines, and I remember uh, you know, June 24th opening up my apps and just seeing headline after headline, I honestly was in a state of like shock. Even though like I I kind of I was emotionally shocked and then I kind of paused for a second. I was like, wait, I've been I've been seeing Roe versus Wade for the last couple of months. We knew that this was potentially going to happen, but it's nothing like when it actually does. And then I kind of tried to process like, "Okay, well, like, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me to read, um, you know, different articles and and watch different videos and stuff. And the more that I began to really understand the complexities and the nuances, the more I began to feel really devastated, um, really angry, really powerless—like I any any more powerless than you can already feel after like two years of this, right? Um, and and just really kind of like scared and sad. And then. I think the extra layer here that's unique for me personally for this type of situation to happen at this moment in my life is that um, personally, I've been thinking a lot more about fertility and childbearing this past year. So when it comes to thinking about, you know, conception and the process of pregnancy um, and miscarriages and fertilization, all of that, it's been really heavy on my mind. And to read these, you know, the details of these laws that were, enacted so long ago (laughs) Um, and then to compare them with statistics in modern day which is that you know like 10 to 15 percent of pregnancies end in miscarriages it's really common actually there's a 10 to 15 percent chance that because I want children I will be faced with potentially having a miscarriage and needing to make that decision about whether to save my own life or my my potential child's life right Um, and even in my family I know a lot of women who've miscarried it's common and um, I've had women in my family also have ectopic pregnancies, and mm. heard them talk about it in a horrific way, where it's like traumatizing, and it required surgery for them to save their lives. So I think my ability to just see how, if I lived in a different state, I would be incredibly vulnerable, you know, or mm. my not the future that I want for myself, I could be incredibly vulnerable to this. Um, I though I live in California, and I and. It actually was like um, a bit of a relief for me to see like Gavin Newsom posting statements and trying to reassure every every resident that you know that the rights would remain the same for women here, um, but you know even so it's like i don't know when it comes to legal things i it can get very complex and i just feel like you never know or never understand and even now as i'm going through the egg freezing process like i saw my um the reproductive center i'm going through they posted a statement cuz i'm like mm-hmm. oh, i think it should be fine cuz we're in california but then i'm like wait i don't i don't know like what if there's a, mm-hmm. another detail that i don't understand um mm-hmm. so it just i think even though i feel calm there's something in in the seat of my stomach and in the back of my head that doesn't know like i didn't even think it was a possibility that we would have to be making these debates now so anyone knows if you know if like if it will be this way when i need to go through this process um and just overall i just feel like it just feels like we're going backwards as a nation and it's generating so much fear um so i just i feel like a little bit of just despair i guess Mm.
2: um yeah how about you mel Ooh, i feel like i could really relate to um when you said in the beginning of how like the past few years have been so like they've been tough you know we've been going our country's been going through so much that I think when I even saw the news too I was kind of like okay like another thing I need to another shitty things that's happening in our country and then I and I read into it too but I think for me I feel like my emotions hit me like 50% first for some reason this situation reminded me of when I found out about the Atlanta shootings like I didn't expect to be so emotional, but it just hit me like feeling first. And I was like, why am I feeling so like, I don't know, like I feel very like upset and I don't know why. Um, even now when I talk about it, I get really like, I don't know, it just makes me kind of sad. Um, but so I just thought about it and I was like, why, why am I feeling this way? And um, I think for me, and when I think about myself in high school, I was never a very political person. Uh, I didn't really like have a strong opinion on anything in politics. If anything, I hated political science in high school. Um, but I remember, like in high school, that was the age I knew that a lot of my peers were sexually active, and we were mm-hmm. taught sex ed, and we were had we had a health center on on campus, and like, they would free condoms and all these things just to ensure that we were safe and protected. And I think for me, I always knew that you know I know kids, I know people around high school age to older are sexually active, and it's just like. I think about what were, if something were to happen to say to me or someone else I know, and they weren't gave them that choice, their life will be completely different. And so for me, I knew for a fact when I was young, I was like, I think abortion should totally, hundred percent, be a choice on the girl. She just should decide what she wants to do with her body, and I just feel like even stronger. I have, my, I guess, my belief on that has remained the same, and that's the only thing that's been remained consistent throughout, even when I became a woman, I guess you could say. I also knew as a young age, maybe because my parents instil- instilled this in me, and even now seeing my friends become mothers, is that having a child comes with a lot of responsibility, and it requires a lot of financial support. And I know people in my family that has that have gotten abortions, you know, because they weren't ready to become a mom. They couldn't financially, like, were in a place t- to want to provide for a child. And so, I understand that a lot of mothers, different women will make different choices. But I think for me, that was a value that I remember having It's like, I want to be mentally and financially ready for a child. And if I'm not in a place where I can't do that, it should be my decision on what I want to do. And I, that's why I think a lot about younger women, mm-hmm. teenagers who, you know, honestly, they could be coming from my high school where they're our, 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 our facility, our, our campus had, you know, resources, but what if your condom just breaks? What if your pill isn't that percentage that, you know, what if something happens? There's not like, it's not a hundred percent chance of, you know, protection there. I think a lot about if I were in that place again, or like just thinking about like teenagers that may not have that choice anymore, uh, makes me feel a little, uh, makes me feel a certain way. And it makes me think about like, cause I was reading articles about how like now with, with the overturn that a lot of women are going to seek out more dangerous and unsafe options to abort their child i'm just like you're literally causing more harm and it's just not it's not fair um i think janet like we'll talk about this more later but like i think even me now as your friend seeing you go through the egg freezing process and even me reading more about like that process and just IVF and knowing that there's a lot of mothers that want to conceive and might run into issues, they have to make that difficult choice of like, do I save myself or my child? And like that again should be that mother's choice of what to do. It's a life or death matter. And I, for me, it's just like, this is ridiculous. I just, I think overall, like I'm a firm believer, like, you know, my body, my choice. And I will say that I'm a little flabbergasted about what's going on because I will say like this overturn to me is just like, excuse my French but completely fucked up especially at a time where our current I think about like the current children in our country is already like at harm and like I swear like every month we turn on the news there's another mass shooting almost every month in the U.S. and I think for me it's just kind of like a question for our government is like what are you prioritizing here like I get that it's politics but I feel like sometimes like about this decision and like how human lives are not a game in this it's like I feel like politics gets so I don't know it just you hear how corrupt it is and how there's these different pawns and these actions that are made but I'm just like this isn't a game people live here people need to survive it people need to like like there's no protection and I just feel like I don't know it just there's a lot going on in my mind about this that's just kind of how I feel in the moment um lastly sorry I did say lastly before but I will also say that like again kind of like Janet I'm at the phase of my life now where like I am thinking about what. It's, do I want to have children in a few years? What is that going to look like? And even seeing like again, Helen, like seeing you become a mom, it's be- it makes it so real for me that like a lot of women and potential mothers are going to go through like tough decisions and bearing a child, like it's it's a lot of fucking work, and that sh- should be a choice on the mom. Okay, that's all I have to say for now. Sorry, uh, I will share more later. But just yeah, again, like the world, my mind is like very flustered right now, like figuring out what to do, but. Um, Helen, I want to hear more about what you have to think about it because, you know, you're a more – you're a recent mother. No, for sure. I think all of these sentiments
0: I definitely feel from from both of you. Um, and, I mean, I think it's also important to – I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but I think it's important to see and understand the other side of a disagreement while also forming your own opinion. And I will say that I get it. You know, I get the other side's argument. A life is a life, Right. These days, I can't even squash a bug because I've gotten very soft about things like that. But there's very little consequence to my inactions of not squashing a bug, right? The argument from what I want to call pro-birthers only works in a vacuum, which is the time before birth happens. And I think supporters of this new law, I don't think this is extreme to say that they're not thinking about what happens after birth. I've said this on the podcast before. U.S. maternity leave is shit. Our U.S. healthcare is shit. Child care is shit. And the people who aren't in support of better family care in the U.S., they are the same people voting for pro-life, right? So I'm just like, what am I missing here? What am I not thinking through and that they are thinking through or not thinking through? Because we do have to follow through with the repercussions of our thoughts and decisions. So why is that not the case here? Why are they not fighting against infant mortality rates? The U.S. has one of the highest infant mortality rates in the developed world from baby formula shortage. Like, holy shit, I was walking down a Target aisle and there was not one case of baby formula available. And I heard so many moms walking around the aisles with their heads down saying, Ugh, there's no more left. You connect that in your brain to a baby at home. Oh, getting emotional thinking about this because it's like, because I have a baby downstairs and it's just like, think about a baby who has no food right now or will soon be out of food. Why isn't that something that pro-lifers, if they really are pro-life, fighting for? You know, same goes for affordable health care. Same goes for our kids not getting shot in schools or at a freaking parade. Universal health care is pro-life, right? Gun laws are pro-life and fighting climate change is pro-life. And again, I understand the very short-sighted but distinct decision of a heartbeat is a heartbeat, but if that is the case, then I really believe that you got to follow through on the consequences and repercussions and the reality of that being the only possible decision that's being made here. So I think I'm just left feeling very much like, where's the follow-through and where's the support if you really want to fight for this thing, which is to overturn Roe and to not allow abortions anymore.
2: Oh, I felt that one too.
0: Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading-value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free & Gentle wipes, which clean better than Huggies' natural care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free & Gentle, mess meets its match.
2: Um, I think Helen really brought up a good point talking about consequences, which we'll talk about. But um, I think before this recording, it's interesting you mentioned that, like, you know, about the formula shortage and um, just the follow through, because I think about this a lot and the overturn. I feel like a lot of this boils down to money. Kind of like uh, I feel the people who are overturned it have greater access to all these things, which honestly, maybe in their little, their bubble, that's what it is. But it's kind of like, we have to like get out of that and see what the world, the world state is at. I will say this overturn came at an interesting time. Kind of like, I'll be very transparent and say that like, I kind of like, like I mentioned earlier is that I am thinking about like wanting, having wanting to have children in the next few years. And, but now I know for myself currently where I'm at, I don't think I'm in a financial or mental state to have a child. So right now I'm seeking good, like good birth control. And I had this moment where I was, looking at my health insurance and I will admit and say, I don't have the crazy good health insurance. Like I did working in corporate because, you know, now we're entrepreneurs and like had to like figure that out for ourselves, which is super confusing. And I was having a hard time finding a gynecologist because my healthcare doesn't really cover good ones or have access to it. And I didn't have any openings. And as I was searching and kind of struggling and figuring out like what kind of birth control health, like in a gynecologist, I'm just like, man, someone like me, who's i don't think our health insurance is that great to be honest but someone like me that at least has this access i can't imagine for the women that don't have this and how much they're struggling just to find good support and health. and um it made me land on this article which helen you kind of talked about like how the people who overturn roe versus, versus way thinks it ends at birth or conception but it doesn't like when you're a parent your whole life changes and you need to provide for this child now what does that look like so it's really unfair to place these laws or this this decision when you're like you're not the one raising this child what are you gonna do about it like are you give? are you offering me the are you giving me benefits are you giving are you helping me live out the result of your choice that's not fair so i think there's a lot of constant consequences to think about um, with you know the criminalization of abortion um, you know, making clear that the effect of access is safe and legal or lack thereof, impacts not only women, but also their current and future families and society at large. You know, some consequences include, you know, banning abortions and mean no one will need and seek them out. It's not a matter if abortions will happen, but we'll have the financial resources, support and time to safely obtain one. I think safe abortions and related health care uh, will be much less accessible for more women and more women will die as a result of that. Because it'll come down to who has the means. The overturn of Roe versus Wade will disproportionately impact young women, women of color, and poor women, especially those living in the deep South and Midwest. <sighs> man. I feel like the consequences and just like, there's just a lot to consider. Helen, I, I think it was really like very compassionate and very empathetic of you to consider different perspectives. There is different perspectives on this, whether it's a life or a situation. And I think, Jana, you kind of mentioned this when you talked about your family member, but so there's this article that I did read. A medical professional in a state with a trigger law shared a story about a woman who came to the hospital with an ectopic pregnancy, which, Jan, do you mind defining for me?
1: Yeah, ectopic pregnancy is when the embryo implants in the in the wrong place. So in mm-hmm. many cases, it's on the outside of the, the uterine um, lining, I believe it is, and it can actually cause um, bleeding and rupture, and it can be very, very painful. But basically, the, the embryo is at a place where it cannot fully develop.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think when I was reading an article ectopic pregnancies are pretty much fatal like yeah. there's no way the child can survive and the mom ha- to protect herself needs to get it it's to you know, get needs to get aborted and so this story is about how this professional cannot service this woman until he spoke with his lawyer because um he was afraid uh, he might get his license revoked mm-hmm. um and so by the time she had a procedure she had over 600 cc of blood in her abdomen and she almost died so literally, like, it's crazy how this moment where the new the the law got overturned, and it just like the, for me, it just blows my mind. Like, this doctor can perform this procedure that could save this woman's life, but had to be on the phone with his lawyer because he can he he couldn't risk getting his like license revoked. Yeah. So there's stories like that that that's happening, that's going around. I had also heard, um, you know, that
1: be, I mean, because they say that abortion is still you know allowable if it's like at the at the risk of life of the mother. So mm. oftentimes these procedures like. Um, maybe the mother is in like a state where, you know, eventually she's going to get to to a bad state, but she'll come in earlier and say, I obviously I have an ectopic pregnancy. I need this removed. And the doctor, in order to preserve their license, will say, well, in order for it to be life threatening, I have to wait for you to like go home, come back when you're like basically at sepsis, which means you're pretty much near death. Um, so to give people an idea that, yeah, like to, to try for the doctor to try to Mm -hmm. work within the boundary of law so that they are doing things legally, it is basically like, you know, for a lot of women, this is literally life threatening.
2: Yeah. And the other perspective I want to explore is this article actually by Huffington Post is the one that like made me cry when I was reading it. It's about two sons talking about their father who made it part of his practice to provide women abortions because he saw how important it was for them. Like he witnessed uh, to quote the article, he witnessed the anguish of women who became pregnant by partners who abused them or by men who wouldn't support their offspring. He likewise shared the relief that a woman felt when she terminated unwanted pregnancy because she was about to start school, because she had more children than she and her husband could support, because she knew she wasn't ready to be a parent yet, and because she had been a victim of incest or sexual assault. So the importance of options and choice here are so important. Yeah, I mean, I think it
1: goes back to what um, you both were saying earlier is that I think a lot of the people who are pro-life, it is on a matter of principle and not necessarily practicality. Um, and it's just it's just a shame, but I think it's, it is kind of our responsibility to share information and education around helping people to really understand what the consequences of, of being pro-life could mean on, you know. So in addition to the life or death situations that Mel had um, detailed, we also want to talk about how this affects um, anyone who is going through fertility treatment um, or IVF. And why fertility treatment uh, may be affected is because the The laws affect the definition of the legal status of a fertilized egg. So when you go through IVF or any type of fertility treatment, you are dealing with eggs, sperms, and embryos and the collection of them, the implantation of them, potentially the termination of them if the embryo is tested to to have been found with uh, birth defects. So now that we are playing around with the laws of what is the definition of a life and does a fertilized egg mean it's a life or, you know, um, it means. That patients will not have as much free agency during their fertility treatments to make certain calls. So, a prime example is like within fertility treatment, the embryo is fertilized outside of the woman's body, right? And with modern medicine, they can test to find if there are going to be certain types of birth defects. And so, this would potentially impact a patient's ability to terminate a pregnancy because. Um, because of the different definitions. When we talk about fertility, we're also talking about birth control, which Mel, you had spoken about, right? As someone who is not Mm -hmm. trying to have a baby yet. When it comes to abortion, some states are even going prior, earlier in the cycle before a fertilized egg or even pregnancy. And they're starting to pick at the definition of the moment of contraception, um, meaning that, you know, things like plan B, Emergency contraception and maybe even IUDs, which are intrauterine devices for the women out there. That is a birth control method where you have um, something inserted within your uterus to help prevent pregnancy um, or any other small, it's a small contraception device basically that's inserted into the uterus or the womb to prevent pregnancy. So now that we're talking about um, fertility, birth and life, a lot of that can be impacted and is up up for potential danger of of being redefined as well.
2: Oh my God, this is ridiculous.
1: And a third level that you might not have thought about, um, just if you're a woman in general and you have a period, with modern day technology, a lot of us are using period tracking apps, right? Um, Period tracking apps have data on the dates of your period. So your app knows if you're missing your period and could identify you as potentially Being pregnant. And if there is data that can link a potential pregnancy to you, it could potentially be used to build a case in an abortion offense. So not only is your data in your period tracking app, but also maybe the history of your internet searches, right? For girls who are trying to figure out, like, how many weeks when I miss my period, does it mean that I could potentially be pregnant? Um, Maybe text messages that you're sending your friends or your mom even to ask about it. Location tools, if they know if they can track you near an abortion clinic. Um, According to a report from app usage platform Aptopia obtained by Newsweek, there was a 21% decline in new users signing up to five different period tracking apps in the 90 days after after the announcement of uh, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Um, and this just tells you that this has very real consequences and impacts. Um, I myself, I use Flow as a data app and I remember hearing people you know, talking about, about this and I kind of freaked out. And Flow actually, they made a statement and they said that they would be launching a new feature and the feature is an anonymous mode. So as a user, you would be able to remove your identity from your Flow account so you can continue to use it and track, but there's no way that anyone could tie your identity to that. It seems pretty ridiculous to me that we have to be doing this, but it's a very real Um, safety precaution. And they show that even some consumers are swapping out some of their apps that they swapping out their apps to, you know, hop onto other apps that they perceive as uh, safer. So for anyone out there, I've heard of Clue is another C-L-U-E. They actually had a 2,000% increase in installs over the weekend after the announcement. So Um, I don't know I think this is some of it is just to inform everyone that this is happening and also for you and maybe as a cautionary tale that if you're using period tracking apps to be more mindful um, you know go into anonymous mode or look for for maybe go analog and just start tracking it on your planner with a pen and paper Um, but yeah these are some of the effects that are are occurring outside of just the more immediate ones that we would think of.
0: I was um, watching some late night news or um, it might have been a podcast or something, but they were talking about the whole, you know, if you were to track your period and it's clear that, you know, if you log an abortion or whatever it might be, someone could come after you or use that information against you. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, like, instead of deleting your app, just everyone start downloading these apps and flood them Mm -hmm. with misinformation Mm -hmm. so that people who are using the app can continue to use the app. Without fear. Mm. So instead of backing away, dive, dive in, y'all. Yeah. Everyone download <laughs> your period apps. Download Flow, download Life, download Clue. And <laughs> log all the data. And as we we're talking about these different perspectives, if you think about it, there's also going to be a huge impact on the economy. Two people are responsible for creating a fetus, but if it's an unwanted pregnancy, only one person usually bears the burden of it, if you think about it. and mm-hmm. also takes a risk That childbirth entails. So from an economic point of view, think about how many less women will be in the workforce and how that's going to impact a woman's earning potential. Even right now, mothers working full-time, year-round, outside the home are paid 75 cents for every dollar paid to fathers and that gap widens based on race and ethnicity latina mothers are paid 46 cents for every dollar paid to white non-hispanic fathers native american mothers are paid 50 cents black mothers are paid 52 cents and white non-hispanic mothers are paid 71 cents according to the national women's law center via forbes also according to the american journal of public health women who were unable to get an abortion were three times more likely to be unemployed after six months, as compared with women who were able to get an abortion. So there's definitely going to be a huge impact and disparity in gender pay and in gender equality. There's also going to be increased crime, right? There was a study that estimated that crime dropped 20% between 1997 and 2014 due to legalized abortion. And with with history as a guide for us, we can project that the criminalization of abortion is likely going to lead to increased crime rates also. And we can kind of guess who will be committing those crimes, right? Going back to what we said earlier, the case will disproportionately impact young women, women of color, and poor women. I think now as a functioning adult and understanding the repercussions and impact of a case like this, if 20 years down the line, this ruling hasn't been overturned, and there's heightened crime from people of color and poor families, my finger is going to point to the current six Supreme Court justices. This is where we always say the system is broken, right? We're seeing it play out right before our very eyes for what is potentially going to happen in the future, using history as something that will likely repeat itself again. I think that's
1: a really, really good point, is that we, I think at the beginning of this pandemic, when everyone's talking about, you know, like, um criminal rates and all of those things we started to really question the system and it was only those people who did the research and read the articles to could see why why some of the the things that were happening with the certain groups of people were happening that way and now we're seeing it play out in real life you're seeing that when certain laws are set you set things up in a certain way if you, any based on just human nature you know, certain things are going to happen. Um, So I think that's a really good point. If nothing else, like, if nothing else, our generation is getting a front seat to this show to understand how politics and how systems impact outcomes and people's behavior. Mm -hmm. Outside of the economy, you know, the overturn of Roe v. Wade also is potentially going to have a lot of personal and civil rights impacts that are beyond just talking about women and abortion. Um, in the Supreme Court's ruling, Judge Clarence Thomas named specific past cases for reconsideration that target um, same-sex couples and also target uh, contraception use. Obergefell versus Hodges... Which confirmed the right to same sex marriage was one of the cases that he called out. Griswold versus Connecticut, which guaranteed a constitutional right to privacy and the right for married couples to use contraceptives. And Lawrence versus Texas, which affirmed the right to sexual intimacy between same sex couples. So, other people who are in any of these groups of individuals are now also on the lookout and kind of, um, um, you know, potentially feeling like
2: susceptible to to any future law changes that might impact them i'm like speechless this is ridiculous to me i just don't i just don't understand how society or like how these people who like the how i don't know this this is just all like someone's choice this is their private life why does it matter why does their life matter like how you do your i don't know just it just blows my mind um but that's a whole different episode and i could just go off on that um but we do want to leave you all with some resources and ways to get involved. I know it's really easy to feel helpless because I know I do sometimes with this. But I hope this episode is a reminder that for the people living in the U.S. to get familiar with their state's stands on abortion and to really just learn and hear about these real-life stories. It makes shit this shit so real. Um, to donate, you get to go to abortionfunds.org. Uh, to access financial assistance, there's abortionfunds.org slash dash abortion if you need some assistance if you're seeking free legal advice go to reprolegalhelpline.org or call their hotline 844-868-28112 and we'll put this also in our show notes so that way you have access to yes and also you can access medication
0: abortions self-managed abortions at plancpills.org pressure your government to take legislative action to protect the right to abortion in your area and If you can, volunteer your time by becoming a volunteer clinic escort and definitely continue to use your voice, take action and remain informed about what is happening in your state and beyond.
1: We hope that this episode helps you, listener, feel a bit more informed about the significance of what's been happening with women and abortion rights here in the United States. While this is an emotional, social, and political issue, with folks differing in opinion, we do feel that at the end of the day, it is a very personal choice. That girls and women should have legally protected agency to choose what happens with their bodies and their futures. That having that power to make that choice can result in a brighter future for everyone.
0: And before we close, I just wanted to read this one, um, shareable piece of content that was on Instagram. I think it was from like strong ass women. It said, you don't have to love abortion. You can dislike it. The way you view abortion is up to you. If you don't like abortion, advocate for proper sex education, access to birth control, and other things that have been shown to lower unplanned pregnancies. You don't have to like abortion, but what you can't do is disrespect someone for having an abortion. You can't take away that choice from women because you don't like it. Your emotions are not somebody else's responsibility. Mm. Your emotions aren't more important than anyone else's bodily autonomy. You don't have to like abortion, but you have to respect other people's rights. And that includes the right to safe, accessible abortion. Thank you. Strong ass women.
1: And listeners, if you have resources that you also want to share that we haven't mentioned, please leave them in the comments of this episode. We really want to encourage our ABGs to seek community in each other during
2: this trying time. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names,
0: you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian
1: And we have a couple of shout-outs today. Coming from San Jose, California, Eileen is wishing a happy 30th birthday to Carmen. Thanks so much for introducing me to ABG and continuing to push me to be a boss. From Loma Linda, California, Kimberly is sending a congrats to Melinda on finishing her PGY1 pharmacy residency program. It was such a pleasure to be your preceptor, and I wish you all the best in your pharmacy career and future endeavors." Judith from London is sending a shout out to Sarah, her big Jijia. No matter what you are going through, you know who you can lean on always. From 8,991 miles away, I'm sending you a huge virtual hug. Winnie from Sacramento is sending a shout out to Amy. I want to shout out my sister Amy, even though I annoy her a lot. I just want to tell her I appreciate the time she puts for me when I need it and brian in los angeles is sending a shout out to
2: lauren so proud of you for the growth that you've made over the past year by putting yourself first and investing in yourself if you'd like to send a shout out to a friend check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs and last but not least thank you to our super talented editor michelle for working all her magic on our episodes including this one
1: and with that we will catch you all on the next episode Bye. bye